All right, well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you all here tonight. This is our last midweek uh, Advent for this season. A week from tonight, it'll be Christmas. Uh, just a few notes about the services coming up. So obviously, um, tonight you are here. Christmas Eve, uh, the children's program is at 7. And uh, Amanda and I were, as we were kind of setting up everything for their practice today, it occurred to us, and actually it occurred to Amanda first. We have, you said there were 63? I think there are, she, she said there are 63 children participating in the Christmas program on Christmas Eve. And that was the number, that was about the same number of students that we had in the entire school about three years ago. Um, and so it's just really neat to, to see that and to see God working. And uh, we're gonna continue to pray that that um, continues to be the trend. Um, so Christmas Eve program at seven, uh, Christmas Day at 10 a.m. And then New Year's Eve um, service. We will not be doing a New Year's Day similar to last year. Um, so no New Year's Day service, but we will be doing a New Year's Eve service here uh, at 7. And was, if you were here last year, we kind of had a, a bunch of chairs in a circle up here, and it was a little bit more of an intimate setting, and uh, I, think a I think a lot of folks like that. So I think we'll kind of do something like that again uh, for New Year's Eve. Um, and Sunday services are regular at 10. And as far as I know, that's the ones that I know of. Um, and so tonight we continue with our series on devotions and the importance of them, not just personally uh, and individually, but as families. Uh, and so I pray that tonight's message would, uh, would be an encouragement to you for that. Uh, and so we begin with evening prayer on page 243, and we stand. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. Let your light scatter the darkness. Joyous light of glory. Led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. 
Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For you are merciful, and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Let us pray. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and with the whole heavenly host and may glorify you forever. Amen. We sing our first hymn. It's number 341 in your hymnal. Number 341.
first reading for this evening is taken from 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is taken from Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from a throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you noticed? There are a lot of opportunities for worship this time of year. Even though it's not yet Christmas, December the 25th, in many places, various forms of Christmas worship have been going on for actually quite some time. And right now, I'm thinking of one particular example. It's quite traditional. It's been around a long time. It is heavily promoted. The houses of worship are filled. Music is always playing. The sanctuaries are adorned with impressive holiday color and beauty. This particular example of Christmas worship consistently proclaims a gospel that promises relief from cares and hope for the future. But there's a problem. Even though it is popular, even though it claims to celebrate Christmas, it is Christmas worship without Christ. With this type of so-called worship, Jesus is not the reason for the season. I'm thinking of the worldly version of Christmas that promotes money and material possessions as the ultimate source of relief and hope. 
Jesus described money as one of the world's gods. In his large catechism, Luther said, Luther said a false god is something that people ultimately look to in time of need. Anything besides the true God that we trust, that we trust in, becomes for us then a false god. Money and the things it buys is near the top of that list for many people. From that perspective, we could say this false god's house of worship might be stores and shopping venues. You can worship online through the temple of Amazon, guilty. The marketers and advertisers are evangelists for the god money and its worship known as materialism. You could even play around with this image and say cash registers are like altars of sacrifice that promise blessings if our offering is big enough. Notice this particular materialistic approach, Christmas worship. Merely shopping for Christmas presents is not in itself worship of money. Rather, it is the fallen world's approach to money that makes it worship. We can buy things, including Christmas presents, for good reasons as well. And our Christmas shopping doesn't have to be a materialistic practice. But make no mistake about it, the devil will tempt us, and our sinful nature will often fall for such a false hope. Jesus was well aware of this, and so in the parable of the sower, he warned against what he called the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. He said that these can choke out the word of God. In our Advent services this season, we have been listening to Jesus' words in that parable to help us focus on God's word, especially in daily devotions. So far, we have considered how Jesus came and still comes to overcome the devil and our sinful nature. And tonight, we focus on him overcoming the sinful world. Here is his description in the parable of the sower. Jesus said, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Then he explained that the seed represents God's word. He said, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. That is to say, when the world's cares and false hopes close off the word of Jesus from us, it's like plants being choked out by weeds. These worldly cares and false hopes can take various forms. Earlier, I described materialism in the world's false Christmas. Another is atheism and false beliefs that seek to discredit God's word and teach empty philosophies. There's the most basic form in the worship of self promoted by the world. God declares that someday he will return to put an end to it all. Jesus will come back in power to judge the living and the dead. There is no negotiating with the sinful world. It must be destroyed before a new one is created to replace it. In his second letter, Peter writes, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But... 
in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And a new thing is coming. Christmas advertisers tell you to buy the latest thing. Our Lord promises to give us the last new thing, the new heaven and the new earth, and this will happen when he comes back. It was his plan from the very beginning. The promise of a new world was made by Isaiah in the Old Testament. And as prophesied, Jesus came to redeem his people in the fallen world so that he could come and take them to a new one when he returns, a new and better one called the home of righteousness. He could do this because he and his kingdom are not of this world. And when he came that first Christmas, promising to bring peace on earth and goodwill to man, it was not the world's fleeting form of peace that he promised. As Jesus said during his time here on earth, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He produced this peace when he took on the sin of the world and took it to the cross. It was through the peace of the cross and resurrection that true hope was given in the face of the world's lies. Again, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This peace that we know now by faith will transform every part of life in the new world Jesus will bring when he returns. In the book of Revelation that we just read, John prophesies this. Again, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And he says, I saw it. I saw it. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from a throne, and he said, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For that was the old order of things. That was the old way. And those things will have passed away. And finally, it says, He who was seated on the throne, Jesus, says, Behold, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It is through the promise of God's word that is trustworthy and true that allays our fears of this world coming to an end. Following the end of the world brought by God's judgment will be a new world where peace with God and one another abounds. That is why we gather together to encourage one another in communities of faith as we await Christ's return. This is what the church does in its worship. It forms people into the community of faith that draws hope from the Word of God amidst the sinful world that we live in. But let me ask, is weekly worship enough? I would say no. 
The world calls us to take part in its false worship seven days a week. Therefore, we need to receive strength and guidance from God's Word each day. That is why this Advent we have been stressing daily devotions. These are more important than ever today. We need to be encouraged every day by God's Word. This is also vital in the raising of children. They experience our world's messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It has access to their hearts and minds through social media, TV, and YouTube, video games. What messages are they getting? Certainly not all are bad, but some are. We need for them to be formed in the faith each day as we read God's Word and pray with them, especially as we teach them God's law that produces repentance and the gospel of Jesus Christ to give them saving faith. When they leave home for school or work, we want them to be well-grounded in a faith that will not allow the world's cares and deceitful desires to choke it off. You see, daily devotions in the home on top of weekly worship at church can help make this happen. And let me take this moment, I'm going to go off script, but let me take this moment to say this. I have heard that there is a belief in our community that I send my kids to our school and they get Jesus all of those days a week, so I don't need to send them to Sunday school or I don't need to send them to Bible class, or I don't, they don't have to come to church as often. Let me, as politely, as lovingly, and as pastorally as I can possibly tell you, that is hogwash. There is nothing more important, and there is nothing that we can possibly give to ourselves or our children than God's Word. And so if you have kids in our school, wonderful, that's great. We love that. We want that. That's the mission. But as we just said, this world is giving to them all of these false messages every single day. There is nothing that is more important than you and I getting in to God's Word. There is nothing more important than our children getting into God's Word daily and seeing mom and dad in devotion together and seeing all of that. But not just children. All households need daily devotions. Married people with an empty nest, singles at every stage of life, we all need to support one another with the Word of God. Communication Technology is great because it helps us stay connected to God's Word and one another. And in addition to older inventions like the printed Word, we now have Bible apps that we can read or have play God's Word to us. It will, all you have to do is press a button and it will read the Bible to you. There are even ones that enable people living in different homes to engage in daily devotions together. He says, I know an older single man who has a daily devotion with a brother in Christ through a Bible app. 
They live in separate homes, but they have a daily devotion together. Music can also be brought in through digital music to support singing the faith. It's why we do evening prayer. It's why we sing hymns. All of this sounds weird until it is tried. Certainly all forms of technology are not for everyone, because really all you need is a Bible. But there are certainly many resources out there that can encourage us. So this Christmas, let us not let the world's worship push Christ out. Keep coming to a worship house where our focus is on the one true God. Keep Christ in your home through daily devotions. And encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. Finding strength in knowing Christ will come back. And as he says, he will make all things new. He will bring in the new home of righteousness where true joys abound and will be found. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We continue by singing the Song of Mary, found on page 248 of your hymnal.
We'll now collect our offering. Please stand for prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matt and for Lee, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. For Donald, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks 
to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. And we pray the collect for peace together. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting in his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Please be seated. We sing our final hymn tonight, number 342.